footsteps brought a life wherever he'd been. In the deepest wildwood was the place he was seen. And the people did love and protect him. And they saw his face change with the turn of the wheel. Of the seasons they heard his voice sing. I'm the horn god, I'm the face in the trees. I'm the breath of the wind that rustles the leaves. I'm the green man in the wild wood I roam. Kananas, I'm Pan and I'm
sign pan and I am her. Kernana 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 sign pan and I am her. The breath of the wind that rustles the leaves. I'm the green man in the wild wood I roam. Kernana sign pan and I'm burn. Are you ready for the end of the world? This is your community spirit. Show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again. The circle of family, the circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is your community spirit coming at you on your community radio. 91.1 FM, community radio for Southern Illinois. Now that song was Noon of the Solstice by Dov the Bard. And I decided to play that today because today is the solstice. So happy solstice to you. If you celebrate it, and even if you don't, I hope you have a happy solstice. It's a nice day outside. It's it's starting to feel like summer out here in southern Illinois. And it's, I guess it waited for about solstice time to actually feel like a southern Illinois summer, but it's definitely here. My name is Treesong. I'll be your host for today, for this episode of Your Community Spirit. Our other host, Or Denijiman, is off on solar adventures. He spends a month in uh, in South America on solar adventures and made it back here by the skin of his teeth. And now he's here just in time to go up north <laughs> to the Midwest Renewable Energy Fair. And that is our first story for the day. Midwest Renewable Energy Association's Energy Fair comes to central Wisconsin. The 24th Annual Midwest Renewable Energy Association's Energy Fair is happening this weekend in Custer, Wisconsin. Each year, the fair transforms near central or transforms rural central Wisconsin into the global hotspot for renewable energy education. The fair brings over 20,000 people from nearly every state in the U.S. and several countries around the world to learn, to connect with others, and ready them for action at home. The Energy Fair is the nation's longest-running energy education event of its kind. It features over 250 exhibitors, 200 workshops, about all sorts of topics, renewable energy and sustainable living, transportation show, clean transportation, green home pavilion. They basically, I still have never made it to it. I plan to someday. But they basically go out there in the middle of rural Wisconsin and create an entire city that is devoted to renewable energy and sustainable living. And they create it for weekends, and they learn all their lessons, and then they go back and share it with the rest of the country and the rest of the world. 
So, Orr is off there representing Southern Illinois at the Midwest Renewable Energy Fair. And I'm sure he'll be back to tell us many tales. In the meantime, given some of the other news we've got today and every week, I'm glad to hear people are talking about renewable energy and sustainable living. Now, I mentioned that we are a community radio station here at WDBX. Let's go on a, a tangent related to that with one of today's news stories. Thousands of radio stations up for grabs. Nonprofits, labor unions, and community groups have a one-time-only chance this year to own the broadcast airwaves. Yes, you can own the airwaves. You, the people. The FCC has just released free applications for thousands of new non-commercial FM radio licenses. These community radio stations can reach listeners in a radius of 2 to 10 miles and generate their broadcast signals on just 100 watts. That's the amount of power consumed by those old incandescent bulbs that your, your ancestors used to use. In some cities like Chicago, Miami, and Philadelphia, a single low-power FM station could reach more than 100,000 listeners. Across the country, millions of people will be tuning into these new stations as they go on the air over the next few years. Integrating new technology like video and web streaming could give these local radio stations global multimedia reach. This is the largest expansion of community radio in United States history. It's also the biggest chance and probably the final major opportunity for grassroots groups to get on the air. And this was an effort that was led in part by Prometheus Radio Project. They're Philly-based nonprofits. I'd actually met a couple of them at a conference, a communications conference, a few years ago. So I'm glad to see there's more community radio on the air, or at least there will be if people apply for it. As the billionaire Koch brothers plan to buy up more of the nation's media to push their right-wing agenda, now is the time to build progressive media. And with the Internet dominated by large corporations working with government spy agencies like the NSA, who may be listening to this very show, radio is a strategic tool for movements and advocates to add their communications toolbox. So yes, that's what I like about community radio, is there's all sorts of people like the Koch brothers out there who have lots of money and they say, well, I've got billions of dollars, I'm going to decide what you get to hear on the radio every day. But community radio makes it so that everyday people can have their voices heard, listen to their favorite kind of music, talk about the issues important to them. Community radio is an important deal. And if you haven't already become a member of WDBX, you can go to WDBX.org and support your local community radio.
All right, let's get back to some environmentally related news. And I suppose possibly human rights related news for this one. China warns it will execute serious polluters. There are carrot and stick approaches to tackling pollution. China is reaching for the stick. The country announced Wednesday that it is willing to impose the harshest possible penalty on polluters. Chinese authorities have given courts the power to hand down the death penalty in serious pollution cases, state media said, as the government tries to assuage growing public anger at environmental desecration. A new judicial interpretation, which took effect on Wednesday, would impose harsher punishments and tighten lax and superficial enforcement of the country's environmental protection laws, the official Xinhua News Agency reported. Quote, in the most serious cases, the death penalty could be handed down, it said. The announcement comes at a time when China is attempting to turn over a new leaf in environmental protection, following decades of unchecked pollution and a slew of anti-pollution protests. So they are responding to pollution protests. Now, of course, people debate whether in any case the death penalty should be applied, but it's interesting to me that they are applying it uniformly to... Uh, Individuals threatening other individuals and individuals threatening whole communities and societies by causing pollution. We'll definitely follow that news story and see if we hear any more on that. But I'm sure some people are sweating right now as they realize the pollution they're doing and start thinking about the consequences. In other news, let's talk about trees. My name is Tree Song, so you may have guessed that I have a fondness for trees. According to a recent study, trees save at least a life a year in each of the ten major U.S. cities. Next time you hug a tree, a city-dwelling tree, be sure to whisper quiet thanks for the lives it is helping to save. Researchers recently calculated that urban forests help save one or more people from dying every year in each of ten major cities studied. Trees growing in cities help clean the air of fine particulate air pollution, soot, smoke, dust, dirt, that can lodge in human lungs and cause health problems. Trees clear 71 tons of fine particulate matter from Atlanta's air annually, and they suck up enough pollution to save seven or eight lives every year in New York City. These are the findings of researchers with the U.S. Forest Service and Davy Institute, published in the journal Environmental Pollution. They calculated the health and economic benefits of air-cleansing urban forests in 10 U.S. cities and found that trees save lives, reduce hospital visits, and reduce the number of days taken off of work. They do, they do that mainly by sucking pollutants out of the air. Economic benefits, mostly from reduced mortality, range from $1.1 million a year in Syracuse, New York, to $60.1 million a year in New York City. So you see all those trees just hanging out, you think, oh, lazy trees, what are they doing for me? Well, they might be helping to save your life. And I'm glad to see that study because, you know, I, I'm already well aware of these things. You know, trees help clean the air and help us not choke on all this toxic soot that we're putting out into the atmosphere. But a lot of people don't pause and think about it. Another thing to pause and think about is just imagine what might happen if we had more trees in city. 
Could we save more lives in these cities or in our own cities? In other news, coming soon, an Obama climate strategy. Rumors have been swirling that President Obama soon plans to unveil a major new effort to, com to combat climate change. And earlier this week, White House officials confirmed that the announcement is coming soon, probably next month, but maybe as early as next week. A Washington, D.C. forum sponsored by the New Republic, uh, Heather, Heather Zeichel, White House coordinator for energy and climate change, said the president planned to unveil new policy initiatives and is, quote, serious about making climate change a second-term priority. She declined to give details, but according to the New York Times, she suggested that a central part of the administration's approach to dealing with climate would be to use the authority given to the Environmental Protection Agency to address climate-altering pollutants from power plants under the Clean Air Act. Gasp, you mean the Clean Air Act? may apply to power plants and may apply to climate change? What a novel thought. Well, I, I was very interested to hear this news, and, you know, I'm always hopeful that someone somewhere will take action on climate change. Uh, as, as someone who grew up as a Cubs fan, though, we had a motto of wait until next year. <laughs> I'm kind of worried that it's going to be one of those wait until next year moments, and this year and every year until then. But this is a step forward, them actually coming out and saying that they're going to take action. So, <laughs> we'll be waiting with bated breath here at your community spirits. We'll be keeping an eye out for the Obama administration and future administrations to take action on climate change. In other news, Coal foes suffer setback in fight against exports. Bad news for climate hawks, coal haters, and Northwesterners who don't like breathing coal dust. Which is probably most of them when they stop and think about it. The Army Corps of Engineers says it won't consider climate change or other big picture issues when it reviews the environmental impacts of proposed coal export terminals. Now, see, I don't understand that. How can you even call it an environmental impact if you're not considering the big picture issues? I mean the environment, the big picture. But this week the Army Corps said no, they're not going to look at it. So they're not going to look at any of the details of how coal dust, diesel exhaust, railroad and port congestion, road traffic, water pollution, and climate change will be affected by this project. But the, the people of the Northwest and apparently the people of Southern Illinois will pay attention to those issues, so we will, we will learn, we will respond, we will take action as needed. But in order to do that, we have to stay informed, and we're keeping an eye on that story. In other news, Keystone XL won't use state-of-the-art spill technology. TransCanada swears that once the Keystone XL pipeline is operational, it will be totally safe. They promise. 
company is apparently so confident, despite already having to dig up and replace faulty stretches of the pipeline's southern leg, that it doesn't see the need to invest in state-of-the-art spill detection technology. TransCanada is like that obnoxious seventh-grade skateboarder, too confident to, in his sick moves to bother with the helmets. Now, that's nothing against skateboarders there. That's just this article's commentary. The internal spill detectors of TransCanada, in which sensors alert remote operators if pressure along the pipelines drops, are standard for the industry, but they're designed to catch high-volume spills. Keystone XL would have to be spilling more than 12,000 barrels a day, or 1.5% of its 830,000 barrel capacity, before its currently planned spill detection would work. So, in other words, it could be spilling 11,000 barrels of tar sands a day before, and no one would even notice at first. Someone will notice eventually when an entire region was destroyed, but <laughs> the spill detectors wouldn't go off. We should all send our letters of thank you to TransCanada for their concern about spills. Or, you know, set up a nice happy solstice card if we want to be nice. All right, we've got time for some happy news and some happenings. A little bit of happy news. Indianapolis to get the nation's largest EV sharing program. Are you a fan of electric vehicles who doesn't want to own your car? Get thee to Indy. A company that operates electric vehicle sharing programs in France is looking to expand, and its executives have settled on Indianapolis for their first American foray. Bolloré Group's $35 million plan will provide 500 shared cars and 1,200 charging stations at 200 locations throughout Indiana's capital. The company's inaugural American initiative will be modeled on its French Autolib program, and it will have sharing slated to begin next year. Now, we've talked about stuff like that in theory, but here in practice, in Indianapolis, there's going to be a massive car-sharing program for electric vehicles. We'll definitely have updates on that as they arrive. In other news, facing climate reality, cities look for ways to adapt. Since the 2007 release of uh, PLNYC, New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg's sustainable vision, the city has chipped away steadily at its carbon emissions, cutting them to 13% below the 2005 levels. But nothing New York does on its own to mitigate climate change can save the city from future Sandys, and a sea level rise that will make such storms more destructive going forward. So last week, Bloomberg unveiled an ambitious, expensive plan to fortify the city against the kinds of extreme weather that's fast becoming the new normal. The event amplified a message more local leaders are embracing. Climate change is already upon us, and adapting to it will be essential to prevent massive losses of money and life. And that's, that's important to see. I mean, it may be sad to think about, like, oh, climate change is happening, we don't want to admit it, but we're already seeing the effects of it, so 
acting both to mitigate and to prevent future effects is a good way to go. We've got a little bit of time left for some holidays and happenings. Holidays, as I've mentioned today, is the solstice. Here in the northern hemisphere, it's the summer solstice. If you're in the southern hemisphere, it's the winter solstice. Wow, isn't that wild and crazy? Different halves of the planets in different seasons because of the tilt of the earth. All right, some other holidays coming up. Uh, this is also World Humanist Day. Uh, they have World Humanist Day celebrated today. I believe they may celebrate it at both of the solstices. Uh, coming up, we also have the Let It Go Day coming up on Sunday. So whatever stresses you have building up this summer, you can let it go and just enjoy a wonderful summer. It is starting to get a little hot out there, but it's still fun to go outside. And let's see. Let's just jump ahead to some of the happenings. We have open mic nights. Coming up at Guy House on tonight, Friday, at 7 p.m. Express yourself in a comfortable coffeehouse-style environment. Everyone is invited. Poets, musicians, storytellers, dancers, and more. It's always a good time at Guy House for Open Mic Night, 913 South Illinois in Carbondale. Also coming up tonight, part of the Friday Night Staples here during the summer, Carbondale Community Friday Night Fair. It's coming up tonight from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. at the Town Square Pavilion in Carbondale. It's a free live music event. There's a food court, a farmer's market, information from local groups, and more. That is at the Town Square Pavilion, the corner of Maine and Illinois in Carbondale. All right, and Saturday mornings are also a good time, especially in the summer here in Carbondale, because we have the farmer's market. Starts from 8 a.m. to noon over at the West Town Mall parking lot in Carbondale. That one's been going on for 35 years and has all sorts of local foods, has arts and crafts, has cheeses, honey, all sorts of amazing things over there. There's also a new farmer's market on the east side of town. That happens on Saturdays from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Carbondale Community High School. It's over there by the staff parking lots on Walnuts. And I just went to that one last week. I participated in their blood drive, got some nice local produce there. It was a really good time. And we have time to mention one more of our staple summer events. It is the Brown Bay Concert and Lunch Series, happening every Wednesday at the Town Square Pavilion in the months of May, June, September, during the summer. It happens Wednesdays at noon. This week it's going to feature a musical act called Blackberry Blossoms. Get to go out there and enjoy some, some music, some time outdoors, some time in the community. You can have a lunch from local businesses or bring your own brown bag lunch. So once again, this has been an exciting and informative episode of Your Community Spirit. I hope you've enjoyed it at least as much as I have. We will hopefully hear back next week for more about his adventures at the Midwest Renewable Energy Fair. In the meantime, hope you stay cool out there, and we will see you here next week on the radio.